When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of Knife Talk is sponsored by Tormac. At the end of the show, I'll be revealing the winner of the Tormac competition. Okay, welcome to Knife Talk. Now, today I'll be speaking with Adam Bracken, who some of you may know as Workerman from Instagram. So, welcome to the show, Adam. Hey, thanks for having me. Not a problem, no problem. This is a little different to the other shows, as you aren't just a great knife maker. You all, you make all kinds of things. So for those that hasn't, haven't seen your work, why don't you tell the listeners what you do? Sure. So I do a little bit of everything. I do uh, knife making. I do a little bit of home product design. I do graphic design. Uh, a little bit of t-shirt design, I guess, but not so much. But uh, yeah, I do a little bit of uh, whatever I feel like doing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, cool. So a product designer who just happens to make knives, which is cool. Yeah. Okay. So looking at the, the range of products that you design, and as you say, lighting, clothing, and obviously knives, um, yeah. are you always coming up with new ideas? And do you, do you have to rein yourself in at times? Yeah, it's difficult. It's like every day I want to do something different. And uh, I've got so many thoughts going through my brain of what I want to do next that I can never really complete a project, you know, it's, I, I kind of start one and start another and I come back to it a couple of weeks later and maybe it turns out, maybe it doesn't, who knows, it's always uh, very loose around my workshop, you know, yeah. I, I just sort of flow from one thing to the next, I guess. There's plenty to think about when you're hand sanding, eh? Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure, that's for sure. <laughs> So have you always been a designer and a maker? Yeah, uh, for the past like 20 years, I've been uh, graphic design, so I've done logos, websites, uh, advertising. Uh, I've worked at a lot of agencies around town here in uh, Minnesota, and I guess for the past five years, I've done product design, and then for the past two, I've done knife design. All right, it's it's a very yeah. similar background to myself. I've I've always worked with uh, sort of digital agencies uh, doing mainly oh, cool. mainly web stuff. But maybe sort of five, six years ago, started making more sort of physical products, more, more sort of electronic-y stuff, like Arduino stuff. Oh, um, really? And then stumbled into making knives. And yeah, it's just, it had a grip on me and I haven't been able to stop. Uh, it's an obsession for sure. I mean, I, I never thought that I would even be making knives. You know, uh, the first one I did, it literally snowballed into, uh, you know, Googling knife making every day, late at night before I go to bed. It's, it's a crazy. sickness. A sickness. It is a sickness. It <laughs> really is. <laughs> so you're folding knives. I mean, they're, they're stunningly beautiful. So, oh, thank you. When did you make your first knife, and and did that look as stunningly beautiful as your current knives? It did not. It did not. Now, I thought that it did at the time, <laughs> but uh, the very first one I did, I I wouldn't even say that I made the knife. It was basically 
a new handle for an old knife. And it was for my dad. Uh, he's always loved pocket knives. It was his birthday. I think it was maybe two and a half, three years ago, maybe. And I thought, oh, I'm going to, you know, make him this fancy version of this cheap knife that I had. So I kind of spruced it up a little bit and he loved it. He showed it to all the, all the neighbors and they loved it. And that made me feel good. So <laughs> from there, it just sort of snowballed into, well, maybe I want to make my own design now. Yeah, yeah. And and well, talking yeah. about just making handles for knives, you, you've done some collaborations with, with Nora Knives, haven't you? And the, result, yeah. the results there are stunning. So how did that come about? Nora Knives is great. Uh, Steve over at Nora, he's the nicest guy ever. Uh, he, he's a wonderful knife maker. I mean, I can't give him enough respect. Uh, and just to be full disclosure, he does all of my blades. He oh, does my folding okay. knife blades. He, yep. And so it's my design and I send them out to him. He does the water jetting. He does the grinding, the heat treating. Uh, and now he just acquired a laser. So he does a little bit of lasering for me. I'm he, very he, jealous he, of his laser. Uh, some, of oh, the man. some of those etchings on the blades are just incredible. Oh, yeah. And, and I used to do a lot of the same stuff, but the local laser guy here in town uh shut down they sold their lasers so now i got to go through steve yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah he's doing some amazing things yeah cool so, so so what happens so he makes the blades um and then you assemble and you do the finishing that kind of thing i'd imagine yeah so he grinds them uh rough grinds them sends them to me and then uh i do a little bit of finish work on the blades uh i do a little bit of you know different textures maybe a stone wash maybe i do some acid etching depending on what sort of look I'm going for. Maybe I'll laser them a little bit more, uh, and then I'll come up with a handle design and go from there, just sort of wing it, basically. <laughs> We're all winging yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I've got to say, your, your resins and your, your sort of castings, they're just really cool and unique. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really getting into that now. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I've just started sort of stabilizing my own wood. I haven't mm -hmm. actually started making, you know, resins and that kind of thing yet. So, mm -hmm. so tell us about the process there. Are you using sort of pressure pots and vacuums? What, what, what's the? Yeah, I, I have two pressure pots, and those are an absolute must. I mean, if you don't want bubbles, if mm -hmm. you don't use a pressure pressure pot, it's don't even bother doing it because once you shape your handle, you're going to have little tiny voids everywhere. Yeah. So you have to use a pressure pot, but uh. I mean, resin making is a whole nother rabbit hole to fall down. There's so many different dyes and pigments and techniques to pouring and uh, so many variables that, you know, it's a blast. It's just as fun as making a knife to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, c coming from an artistic background and a graphic design background, mixing color palettes. And now I'm doing patterns uh, in my resin and adding a little bit more of a graphic element. And it's, I mean, it's unlimited what you can do, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of yours are really beautiful and, and really unique as well. So there's designs that I haven't seen. So I think... Thank if, you, yeah. If, if you were here in Europe, I think I'd definitely be buying a boatload from you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that sort of cracked earth resin that you do. It looks like stone, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. That one's, that one's a lot of fun. I'll send you some and you can, uh, you can play with oh, it. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you, you sell resins to knife makers? I, I do. Scales, yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> nice and where can they find them where can they buy them from you uh yeah i've got a link on my instagram that goes right to my shop 
and most of it is sold out at the moment, mostly because I'm too lazy to update my shop. <laughs> so normally people just send me a DM through Instagram and say, hey, I like this particular style. Can you do it in a different color or can you do a different pattern? And we'll sort of work on something from there. I, I do a lot of custom stuff too, yeah. uh, you know, different patterns or whatever people want. Okay, cool. So, I mean, just mentioning Instagram then. Yeah, obviously, you've got a very good following on Instagram. But aside, yeah. aside from that, how else do you market the business? Uh, that's pretty much it. Instagram has been huge for me. Uh, I mean, that's my number one place that I promote my work. It's pretty much the only place. I don't really have a website besides my online store, which is the only link to my store is through my Instagram. Uh, I, I really need to create a website, but I just don't have time. I, I haven't gotten around to it yet. But, <laughs> if, ev uh, if everything's sold out, things are going well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's great, but at the same time, it's bad because I get so many messages from people who are angry that they can't buy anything. And why is everything sold out? <laughs> I think a lot of people don't understand that my knives are all one of a kind. I, I don't really like to make the same one more than once. Yes. Yeah. So that's another reason, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so let's talk about your, your heroes. Who are you looking at on maybe on Instagram or on YouTube and thinking, geez, they're really killing it. I wish I could do that. Oh, man, there's so many. Uh, I, I think off the top of my head, Mark Weinstock is probably my favorite. He's in Chicago. Uh, his style is just so clean. And the way he shoots his knives, too, it just makes him look beautiful. Uh, HMC Knives, he's another guy who, he, I don't think he's a full-time knife maker, but he's on Instagram. Uh, he makes some very, very sleek-looking folders. Um, Zodiac Engineering, he's another guy who makes really, really clean stuff. I, I like really modern, clean knives, I guess, hmm, yeah. which is strange because it's not really what I make, and I guess it's because I don't really have access to the machinery to do what I want to do, so... I got to stick with my belt sander, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so why folders then it's, that's something I'm going to try this week. I'm going to try and make my first yeah. folder this week. So oh, great. what got you into that? Uh, well, that was the first knife I ever made was a folder, the one for my dad. Oh. And, uh, I guess, you know, a pocket knife is just something you can take with you everywhere and you can pull it out of your pocket at a party or at a store and show someone who's interested in knives. What you know, kind of parties of... do you go to when you pull out <laughs> well, a knife? Knife parties, you know? You don't go to knife parties? <laughs> cutting, I think they're called cutting parties. Ah, cutting parties, right. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, if you've got a really fancy, you know, interesting looking piece of art, basically, in your pocket, you want to show it off. You know, yes. just like a kitchen knife, I guess, if someone comes to your house for, you know, a dinner party, Hey, look at my fancy kitchen knife that I'm preparing your meal with. It's just something to spark a conversation, I guess. Yes, yeah. And uh, yeah. Talking about beautiful kitchen knives. So I'm pretty pleased with what I'm making at the moment. I'm thinking, yeah. They, they look great. Really I love your knives. Yeah, I'm pretty pleased with them. But today I received a parcel from Florentine Kitchen Knives. Oh, man. And man, I just need to go back to the drawing board. These things are so, so yeah. beautiful. So beautiful. I can't believe I didn't mention him as one of my inspirations. Florentine is just hands down, you know, the classiest knife you can pro probably get. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And everything's just so clean and just the finish. Yeah. 
just so perfect. But but yeah, yeah. so I was I was nearly crying into a pillow this morning, thinking, Jesus, <laughs> what I'm doing just isn't good enough yet. <laughs> uh, what what kind did you get? The the was it a leather stacked handle? It or? was yeah, the leather and the the leather and wood. Um, so oh, just just the, the brown and black as opposed to the the colours. Um, Very jealous. So, so a set of the steak knives, which come in twos, and one of the yeah. um, one of the uh, chef knives then as well. Just beautiful, oh, awesome. beautiful things. Mm. Awesome. So what's your biggest challenge at the moment? That one thing that you're really struggling with and you know you could do better at? Uh, well, the biggest challenge at the moment, I'm trying to make a locking knife. I've never done a locking folding knife. Mm. And it's a headache. I mean, I have no idea what I'm doing. I've done a couple of collaborations uh, with people who have, we've made locking knives, but I still can't really wrap my head around how to do it. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm just too dumb to do it or what, but <laughs> I, I have to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that's something that we don't really see over here in Europe much, locking knives, because they're, oh, illegal, really? they're illegal to carry. Um, really? Yes, so they, they don't really sell them in stores and so on. Ah. Um, so your folding knife that you're making now, is it going to be a friction folder? It's going to be a friction folder, yes. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, um, a bit simpler to make too. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. but they're a lot of fun. Friction folders are great. You know, a lot of people don't make them, I think, because they think they're too simple. But that's sort of the beauty that is the simplicity. Hmm. And uh, they're really not too difficult. Well, let, let's see how I get on this time Friday. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm banging my head against a wall. <laughs> so so back to yourself in the shop there. Do you, do you have other people working alongside you or is it just yourself? It's just me in my dirty garage in my dirty basement. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. So the, the the big question there is how do you scale up a business which relies so heavily just on yourself and your own sort of handcrafting? Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to do now, too. And, and that's another headache that I'm dealing with uh, oh. besides trying to make a locking net. It's trying to scale. But uh, right now, you know, I've made probably close to – a few hundred folding knives and maybe a hundred kitchen knives or so. And I'm getting really tired of being covered in toxic dust, you know, (laughs) G10 dust and stabilizing dust and resin dust. And it gets everywhere. It gets in the house. I don't have a proper studio. So I'm trying to transition now into maybe I can just design something that I can have produced by another manufacturer here in the United States. But that's a huge hurdle from what I've been finding out uh, money-wise and <clears throat> logistically. Yeah, so, like sort of minimum orders, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. And, then, and then it's a, it's a big leap, too, because like you said, with a minimum order, some of these places only do 300 knives, you know, and it's like, well, is this design going to sell? Do I want to mm. put the money into it? Yeah, it's a big risk. Yes, yeah. I'm sort of going through that at the moment with packaging. So I'm just really not happy with the packaging of my knives. Um, How do you package them? Um, at the moment, in sort of a sort of a hessian sort of sacking, and then they're sort of leather bound in these sort of leather sort of ties. Um, so well, it sounds okay. pretty nice to me. Yeah, so it's okay. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I'm getting knives through the post, and they've got this, this beautiful, beautiful packaging. Um, yeah. But because pretty much like you, every knife that I do is different. 
So I can't have sort of custom inlay because I'd need yeah, a custom inlay yeah. for every single knife. So it's, so it's a bit of a challenge. And yeah, the manufacturers yeah. that I speak to, they all want sort of minimum orders of sort of two to 5,000. And it's just like, wow, that's, you know. That's ridiculous. That's, that's a career's yeah. worth of knives for me. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's a challenge of mine that I'm sort of trying to solve at the moment. But until then, okay. people are having them in a, in, a, in a hessian sack with a bit of leather. <laughs> hmm. So So how do you price your work? Do you, do you have sort of a formula with the amount of hours you put into a piece times a certain rate? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so my prices have definitely gone up, I, I think, over the past year just because I've gotten a little bit better at what I'm doing. You know, my, my first knives, I think the first ones I sold on my website were $45, <laughs> which was ridiculously low. I probably made like a dollar off of each one. <laughs> I, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't think anyone would, would even want to buy them. But I price based on a couple factors, I guess, you know, is it a one of a kind material that I'm using for the handle? Is the blade a special process on it? Uh, you know, the demand for my work, you know, are people still going to want to purchase it? So the price sort of, it it has fluctuated a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of how I price it. Hmm. Yeah. It's always a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's, I mean, it is. You obviously want to give people value, but you obviously don't want to sell yourself short. And it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's that and, and, and I will say, you know, my prices are very high. I mean, there's knives out there that are a few thousand dollars. Mm, Those yes. are, you know, expensive knives. I sell mine, I think, right now for about 300 or so, mm. which I, I can't even afford one of my knives. I don't think <laughs> I would purchase a $300 knife. I, I, seriously. So I feel bad selling it at that price. But you know, realistically, that's what I have to sell it at to make a little bit of a profit. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I would love to make a knife that's, you know, under a hundred dollars, but, and still have some nice design in it. That's sort of, you know, the end goal, but yeah. yeah. Well, I think not going to get there yet. I think over the last sort of few years that the sort of general public has sort of waken up to the fact that, you know, handmade stuff is, you know, it's, it's, it's labor intensive. It's, it takes a lot of time and, you know, Absolutely. You know, justifying these prices, I think, is becoming slightly easier. Absolutely. I'd like to. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I sweat my butt off, you know, working on these things out in the garage and getting covered in dirt. And I think a lot of people, you know, they don't see what goes on behind the scenes with knife making. It, it's dirty, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and you, you screw your hands up, you screw your back up, your knees hurt, your feet hurt. Uh yeah, it's hard work. Yep, certainly isn't a desk job. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you ever worry about sharing your work, um, knowing that other designers and knife makers will be looking at it and you know possibly judging you? D- d- does that ever worry you at all? Uh, you know, it did maybe about a year or so ago. I used to get a lot of messages from people asking, "How do you do this? How do you do that?" And then I would tell them, and then I'd go check their Instagram a couple of weeks later, and they're making basically my knife. Oh, geez. and yeah, that that's kind of a bad feeling, you know. I, I want to help people out, but at the same time, you know, this is my living, so I can't really, you know, give you too many hints. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, now it's going to happen. You know, people copy. And people steal ideas and designs all the time. There's nothing you can do about it. If you put your work out there, it's out there. Mm. So I think the best advice I could give someone would be, you know, if someone copies your work, move on to something else. You know, 
keep moving forward and keep innovating. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what I would say. Yeah, I mean, it is a difficult one. I'm, I'm about to start, start a sort of YouTube channel myself where I'm sort of detailing the work going into every knife that I make. Um, mm -hmm. And there is that thing that, you know, people can see that and make exact replicas. But at the end of the day, yeah. what I'm doing isn't really unique. I'm making a sharp, pointy thing that cuts food. You know, it's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anybody can make that, you know. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I just love the community around knife making. The fact that, you know, everybody's there to help each other out and give each other advice. And it's, you know, and words of encouragement when you need it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lots of uh, heart emojis and smiley face, thumbs up emojis. That always feels good. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> so how do you relax away from your workshop when you're, you're not creating things or when you're not dreaming up new ideas for products? How do you, how do you try to relax? Uh, well, I've got a new baby that's six months old, so I don't do too much relaxing. <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah, that'll definitely Yeah. <laughs> it's basically hang out with the baby or make a knife. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I haven't watched TV in probably over a year. Jeez. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to wrap up with a, with a couple of questions that I ask all of the guests. Um, okay. So the first is, what's that one piece of kit in the workshop that you couldn't live without? And until now, mm. everybody has said they grind up, but I've got a feeling it could be slightly different with you. Let me think. Best piece of kit? Uh, probably my shop vac. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I make such a mess, you know, grinding material away that I'm constantly vacuuming, and I've got all sorts of attachments on it with a little dust cyclone that filters out some of the fine particles. I couldn't live without that thing. I'd probably be dead by now. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if you're anything like me, you've probably got a shopping list as well of a million and one things that you need. Now, you tell oh, yourself yeah. you need. You want, but you tell yourself you need. So what's, what's on the top of your shopping list at the moment? A giant CNC machine. I would love to have some sort of mega CNC that can cut whatever I want and learn how to do CAD and all that. Mm. Uh, that's that's kind of what I want to do next. Have you been looking at the Aaron Goff stuff, some of the stuff that he's doing? Oh, yeah. I, I follow him on YouTube. He, he's awesome. Incredible stuff. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. He's got basically a one-man factory in, it, in, his, in his basement, which is just... Yeah, I don't know how mind. he does it. And, and, he, and his shop looks so clean. <laughs> it's like an apple store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as, aside from some of the great makers you've already mentioned, where do you find your inspiration? And that doesn't have to be with knives. It can be with, with any of the other products that you make. With yeah. Your, uh, well, I, you know, I, I'm inspired by uh, all design. I think graphic design is kind of where I land, you know, mostly. Uh, Dieter Rams has been sort of my design hero. Uh, you know, minimalism, very clean, uh, less is more. That's sort of been what I've been trying to do. I don't always stick to that principle, but it's hard to do that. But uh, yeah, I think I find inspiration in you know, graphic design. I mean, I go to the Apple store and look at what they have going on. Uh, yeah, I guess Instagram, <laughs> obviously. I mean, yes, yeah. you could you could scroll for hours and hours and find stuff. I do. <laughs> Believe me, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if people want to know more about you, where can they find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, WKRMN is my handle. Uh, and that's pretty much my only place. I don't have a Facebook or a website. I got an online store, and that's it. Nice that's and simple. It. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, thank yeah. you so much for spending the time with me today. And um, Thank you very much, Craig. Yeah, and, and hopefully we speak again soon. Yeah.
Okay, so we finally got ourselves a winner of the Tormek competition. So the winner received a Tormek T4 knife sharpening system as well as the full jig set. So I'm really thankful for Tormek for supporting the show and allowing me to give that away as a prize. So we had 555 people um, entered into the competition. We made the draw live on Instagram and the winner is Mr. John Boschman. So he's on Instagram, which is made underscore by underscore John. And John is just J-O-N. Um, John's from Canada. I know he's already received the Tormac. He's given me an email today. Um, so he's fairly new to knife making, um, but I'm pretty sure it's gone to a very good home. So thank you very much, John, for entering the competition. And I hope you have many, many years of good use with your Tormac. For those that didn't win, get yourself a Tormac anyway. They're great. So if you go to Tormac.com, which is T-O-R-M-E-K.com, and you can learn how to sharpen your knives perfectly with that beautiful repeatable edge. Thank you all for entering. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.